G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. The red and white logo of the Coca-Cola company has made it one of the most recognised brands in the whole world. The history of Coca-Cola began in the 19th century, 1886 in fact, when a pharmacist, John S. Pemberton, created a distinctive tasting soft drink that could be sold at soda fountains. The success of the flowing copper plate script with red and white was due to the work of Asa Candler, another interesting name to raise with the Coca-Cola story. He was a successful real estate developer and banker whose primary motivation was to be faithful to God through his stewardship. His belief was that God gives wealth to individuals in order to promote his kingdom on earth. Well, it's another great story to talk about, and Graham MacDonald, founder of DidYouKnow.info, loves to talk about the Christian connections, not only for our own Australian history, but also, in this case, a very famous brand. Graham MacDonald, welcome back to 2020. Uh, Thank you, Neil. Appreciate the opportunity. Graham, Dr. John S. Pemberton, he's the guy who was the pharmacist from Atlanta in the U.S. He created the flavoured syrup that we know as Coca-Cola. Yes, he he actually, um, as as you say, he was a pharmacist and he worked on on that uh, recipe. And uh, it was actually originally uh, sold as a almost a tonic, a nerve tonic, because in it it had small bits of cocaine um, and had caffeine in it. And uh, so in the early days, the, uh, Dr. Pemberton was able to basically sell this clear syrup product that he produced in, in only small amounts through very limited outlets, mainly uh, stores that were local in Atlanta through their, um, their soda fountains. These days, Graham, we're often thankful that there's a little caffeine in Coca-Cola. But uh, back in those early days, as you say, cocaine was in there. And cocaine at that stage was legal in the United States. Yes, that's, that's true. And, and, the, um, and Asa Candler, he, when he actually took over the, um, the, the business from um, uh, Dr. Pemberton, um, he... Uh, increase because of his uh, finances, he was able to increase advertising and a whole range of um, marketing ideas that ultimately got the the product um, into a lot more of these soda fountain stores. And um, so he he was able to expand the the actual um, number of stores that were uh, being able to produce this. But at this juncture, um, th- this was an era when in America, they had segregation. And so most of the stores that would have uh, soda fountains in them would only be able to be accessed by people of, of white descent. And so there was this segregation. And so 
the the actual Coca Cola uh, originally, because it only went through the stores with soda fountains, was limited to basically the the white population in in America, and uh, so this. Uh, in one hand, uh, inhibited the sales of the of the Coca Cola product. We've mentioned a number of names, Dr. John S. Pemberton, and uh, the one we're primarily talking about today, Asa Candler. Uh, there were some others in the mix there in the growth and success of Coca Cola. Another one of those was Frank M. Robinson. He's the guy who designed the trademark. Yeah, yeah. He he was uh, a, the, a partner with um, with the Pemberton, and uh, he he designed it. He uh, actually uh, trademarked it. Um, he actually brought come up with the name Coca Cola in, in its original form, and uh, so he he was instrumental in that early early days of putting the the uh, recipe together and just starting the the whole business off. But the the whole because it was basically a a nerve health tonic drink at that juncture um sales were obviously limited and it was then that he it was uh, sold uh, to, to uh, asa candler who had a lot more experience in marketing and uh, what have you and he took hold of it and uh, he expanded the whole coca-cola concept uh, quite quite uh, quite dramatically and it's Asa Candler who really gave that impetus uh, for the brand going on to the huge success uh, that it is globally today. And this is the connection here, Graham, that his inspiration was from Jesus' teaching about storing up treasures on earth. Uh, don't do that, but store up treasures in heaven. That was his inspiration for working so hard. Yeah, he he was a very strong uh, Christian man. His um, his brother uh, was the uh, a, a bishop in the uh, Methodist Church in in um, in Atlanta, and um, Asa with with his finances financed many many different um, uh, Christian organisations. But the the thing that really made Coca Cola become quite famous was that um, the the Concept, as I say, originally it was in these um, these stores where they had the um, soda fountains, and then somebody came up with the idea of putting it in bottles. And um, anyhow, some businessmen from Chattanooga came to um, to Asar and uh, suggested to him that uh, they allow he allow them to bottle Coca Cola. And so, uh, for a can you believe it? For one dollar. He gave them the rights to um, bottle Coca-Cola for not only America, but for basically the whole world, this new concept. And so with this new concept was that Coca-Cola was now available to all of the American population, including the um, Afro-Americans and the Latinos and, and other people there. And what came out of the expansion and the uh, increase um, consumption of Coca-Cola was that there were more and more people were actually being affected by the 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 cocaine or cocaine within the drink, and this led to a time when there was a, a start to be an increase in in crimes, uh, in a whole range of domestic issues, domestic violence, and what have you. And Asa Candler 
saw and was aware of what was going on. And again, I believe it's because of his Christian teaching, he, he decided that he would remove the cocaine out of the drink, and he actually did that voluntarily, and he actually did that 11 years before cocaine became an, an, illicit, an illicit drug. So I, I believe his, his Christian um, living not only was it philanthropic, but also I believe he had a concern for um, for society. And so he, as I say, he voluntarily took the cocaine out of the Coca-Cola. Um, but what he did do, he added some more caffeine and some sugar to make it a healthier drink. But um, that also, um, in, in in a Supreme Court case in 1916, um, he was asked to remove the the excessive amount of caffeine from the drink, which he did, but um, left in the sugar. And uh, so, yeah, I think he's, he was a man that not only had the, the concept about using his uh, fi- finances for the kingdom of God, but he had a real practical um, concern for the people in his country. So he removed the cocaine out of Coca-Cola and, of course, bottling the drink made it much more accessible to a mass market. Mm. Even the idea of a contour model, that very unique design of a Coca-Cola bottle, uh, that was in response to the idea that people could copy the recipe for the Coca-Cola drink, but if it was sold in a particular contour bottle, it was much more difficult to be able to uh, to, to copy it like that and to and to supplant them in the market. So clever marketing tactics. Uh, I, I think he was a very. I think God gave him some real wise um, thoughts about how to do that. And that that particular bottle, um, there was was a couple of bottles that actually were made up by them but were trademarked to them. And uh, part of the thing is that they mention in the marketing is that it's a bottle you can even find in the dark because of its unique shape. So, um, yeah, I I think uh, Asa Candler was a a very wise man. I think God gave him great wisdom, obviously gave him great wealth. But he did certainly um, use his wealth for the well-being of society. Talking about wealth, and you mentioned his philanthropic works. Uh, He eventually sold the Coca-Cola company in 1919 and $25 million, which was a huge amount of money back then, but he used that money to plough that into some pretty specific Christian organisations like the Emory College. Yeah, the Emory, the Emory College was um, I, I, one of those things that he, he um, his belief was that um, all education should have a Christian component in that. And uh, at that point in time in... in um, in Atlanta, there he he originally the, the little school had started up being um, Emory School, and then um, he came along and started putting more money into it. It became Emory College, and then he then put in uh, I believe it was about a million dollars to make it um, Emory University, and they moved it into the inner city area, and uh, he continued to put money into that. Um, his brother who was uh, the bishop of the, uh, of the Methodist Church, um, he, he became the first chancellor there, and uh, he, he continued to put money into it. And also they built a, uh, beside the, the actual university, they built a, uh, a, a training hospital. 
so that they could train young people in the, in the medical profession as well. But all, all the main thing that he was concerned about was to keep that Christian component in the education, in the teaching. And Emory College, during his when he was still around, became the college where people, where the churches recognised if they had up and coming smart young people. That was the college that they were they would send them to because they knew that they would get a strong grounding in the Christian teachings. Well, Asa Candler certainly became a very wealthy man when he sold Coca Cola and then devoted the rest of his life to his philanthropy. And look, you've told the story on didyouknow.info, Graham MacDonald, and uh, normally you're telling the Christian connection to Australian history, but in this case, a famous brand, it's a global brand, and no doubt listeners will be able to go to didyouknow.info and read the whole story about Asa Candler and the Christian connection to Coca-Cola. Graham MacDonald, always great getting your insights. Thanks so much for those again today on 2020. Great. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.